Good day, welcome to the podcast for today's date at the 15th of May 2023. Down here in the southeast of Spain, it's another very, very warm morning. Uh, not too much wind about, but there is wind. So it does keep the temperatures a little bit uh, bearable and obviously we're in for uh, what will be a nice day, possibly showers, but there we are. The uh, mountain definition is good, Flower looks, uh, flowers look very nice and uh, all is good in the garden. So a very good day, welcome to Barbara Ann. Morning everybody or morning or evening or afternoon everybody. Okay, I think that's just about covered everything. <laughs> Somebody's just Where, woken up by the sound of things. Wherever you're listening, that's what I mean. Okay, let's get straight into it then. So we'll do the uh, the first one. Here we go. The number you have reached has been disconnected. Okay, so one of the reasons why I like to have Barbara Ann with me doing this particular podcast is from time to time we do need a female perspective on certain things and today is certainly no exception. As I look at the article I'm reading, we are in the health visitor waiting room. Our daughter, Thea, a few weeks old, is burbling to herself on my lap while we struggle to keep our eyes open. There are three other babies also here for their checkup. Uh, but we are the only couple in the room and I feel the other mother's eyes on us. When it's our turn, we get, we go into the room for Thea to be weighed and measured. We're exhausted. We have no family nearby to help out and we're hoping to get much needed advice and support with breastfeeding, managing the day today and some reassurance that we will indeed sleep again. Indeed, the health visitor looks at us and says, who is the mother? We both are, we say, and the look of disdain, of confusion, of frustration almost jumps off her face. But who is the real mother? Now, uh, that then uh, has a break into some other bits and uh, the article goes on to say she means who gave birth, of course, and my world crumbles, my wife says she did and from this point the woman directs every question every look every moment to her even though her questions have nothing to do with the pregnancy or birth i may as well not have been in the room my wife holds my hand while i hold thea because she knows how much that comment hurt i sit there mute stripped of my voice by a few words i have questions i have information to add uh, but if I speak, I'll end up crying. I wonder how different that appointment I'd have gone had I been a man. A father has a defined role in society and in a child's life, but it wasn't a dad. And by their definition, I wasn't a mother either. So who was I? 
Uh, I was the other mother and I didn't know what that meant. It took me years to feel secure enough to say, I'm a mum and not a pe- uh, and not append it with, but I didn't give birth, as if the other person would somehow know. The challenge of child rearing was made far worse by the challenge of finding my own place in that process, um, one I had to fight for. So again, uh, other stuff, it rambles on a bit, and then I go back to the article. She means, okay, um, I think we've got the flavour of this already. So we have somebody who has decided that they're going to um, obviously uh, adopt a little child. And uh, as they're both female, they uh, are now finding some of the right realities of life. It's, it's, I'm glad that this article's actually appeared, but I don't, I've never heard anybody talk about it. It uh, doesn't come uh, into any programme on the TV or anything to be discussed. So... Quite rightly, I think it's about time we had a little look at it. Because I know my feelings. I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, and uh, I've come through a normal world which is now being turned upside down. But that's how I see it. And uh, I notice from the newspapers that anybody who disagrees with this new world order gets sidelined. And so if I was teaching and I was in the schools, Um, I'd probably have been sacked for saying the obvious, which is telling the truth. So um, I decided round about the year 2000 to come away from teaching because I could see all this coming. What do you think it is? What do you make of what I read? Well, it's happening obviously all the time, but I don't think they adopted the child. I think she did say she gave birth, One one of the women gave birth. So it was obviously done um, uh, through a test tube or whatever. It wasn't done uh, naturally, as you say. Um, Well, it it sort of comes up quite a lot in conversation with with friends and uh, people I know that you you can have two mums um, if that's what you want your life to be. But it's not natural. It's, it's, well, I can't say normal, but it's not natural. Um, but there can be lots of cases that were... Um, a, 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 another lady um, has had a divorce or her husband's died or um, he's left her or whatever, he's been abusive, and she's found refuge with another lady. It doesn't necessarily mean um, we know that uh, they are both um, lesbians doesn't necessarily mean that but I think in this case yes um, they obviously wanted the child um, because the, one of them wouldn't give birth but to be offended when somebody directs questions to the mother of the child who gave birth is a little bit silly isn't it really because um, she knows all the questions how it went and um, all, all that I think it's what Unfortunately, what? Um, well, let's go. Say, let's just a minute, it's unfortunately what same couples have to face. It's the same as a man. Two men ad- have to adopt. I mean, obviously, they have to adopt a child. They can't give birth naturally, as everybody knows in the world. But they have to accept that not everyone sees their point of view. In fact, a majority of people don't see their point of view, but people just don't say. But when it comes down to it, um, you can have two mums, you can have two dads, 
but it's not the norm. That's all I can say. Um, I'm looking at the the dictionaries to see what we can make of the word wife. So um, it's now defined as a married woman considered in relation to her spouse, which of course is nice and vague because that's what we what we want it to be at the moment. Um, but when I go back to the old English definition of wife, it says in the past um, it was pronounced with the vowel as in modern English. Uh, it meant woman, not female spouse, it, uh, as it still does in housewife, midwife, wives' tale, um, and um, very early man person was added to it. And by a series of phonetic changes, um, woof, woofman uh, or woman became uh, the, the word that we use. So um, if we look then at a literal definition, which anybody can find all these sort of things, by the way, if you want, it says a female partner in a marriage. So in I would think probably, should we say, 99% of the world's population, they would understand that meaning to be a male and a female. But, of course, we now have uh, this new uh, uh, order that people want to try and change us the way that we feel. Uh, it's very difficult when you've well, had umpteen mm, years on the planet and exactly. we've learned how to the, behave. The, the only thing is, I understand there's different types of people male and female obviously but the only thing i've always said and will still still say is if they want to be different and if they want to be classed as uh, different um, values and things like that i'm not bothered about them getting a civil marriage uh, but one thing and i just can't get around this one thing i can't get used to is when two men say one of them says, and this is my wife. And the same goes, the same difference um, uh, that uh, the women say the same. If they want to be different, they should have a different name for their partner. And I think my, my civil partner is much better than saying husband, this is my husband or this is my wife of the, f of the same sex. I just think if they want to be different, use a different word to um, explain to someone they're with uh, a partner, a male partner, or they're with two female partners. Don't you, Vince? Well, look, Not as wife and husband, because they want to be different. So why use the same terms as a heterosexual couple? It's a husband and a wife, so you know very well um, that it's a man and a woman. But because they say it, you don't know until you meet that person if it's two men or if it's two women. The, the problem really is, no matter what anybody says, so myself and Barbara Ann, uh, anybody else we're talking to, I think it would be very wrong for anybody to say that uh, everybody who uh, is against the normal as we've known it uh, is a bad person. Because obviously, uh, from reading this article, you know that there are two people who are trying to look after a child. So intrinsically, that's quite good. Um, you've got to respect that. And they, in turn, really have got to respect that if they're going to start doing something totally different, different mm. as you say, they should come up with a, uh, maybe Another a term, term to describe it. But realistically, um, you know, sometimes you, you could even 
maybe sort of argue that it's quite like maybe going to a pet shop and, you know, uh, bringing up a, a dog. Because if you actually look at the way some people are with their animals, they are just like we are with um, our families. And sometimes, you know, you, 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 you look at um, the way that we're all being changed. And um, what is the point of education for me? I went to better myself. I went to a college when I was nearly, well, I was 35, 36, something like that. And in that college, the first thing I went and did was read the Communist Party Manifesto. And the Communist Party was saying uh, in 1848 that if they want to defeat com uh, capitalism, you defeat the family. Now, what do you really think is going on here? Because we can't just have everything we want. It doesn't work. That life is not like that. I'd love a really, really fantastic sports car, but I can't get one. I can't afford it. I can't have it. Some people, like my uh, my sister, couldn't have a baby. It was not ordained um, that she could have one, and um, that was in a natural sense. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, if we're going to sperm donors and all the other things that became available, we are moving away from what would have been a natural process of insemination and then fertilization and then obviously carrying the baby and giving birth. Now, if you're going to change the whole of history, um, you're not going to change that within a couple of years. It's going to, going to take centuries for people to really start want, wanting to maybe accept give up it. everything. Accept it. I, I think, think we accept it, Anne. I think we accept it, but I don't think they accept it. I don't think they understand that uh, they're doing something that's really, uh, in, in, a, in a way, not natural. Uh, and we, we do know two people that have adopted their children because they, uh, the woman or the man, I can't remember which one now, couldn't, um, couldn't conceive. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong in, in, in adopting a child. But when a woman actually gives birth and she's a lesbian, I can't understand that, why, why they even want children. Uh, you know what I mean? If they want to be like men, why do they want a family? I, I, that's one of the things I don't understand. Um, but let, let them do it. Let them do it, whatever they want. But don't complain that people don't understand the way they feel. Because they not, have every, not everybody does understand uh, the th process. There is a good point that comes out from the article, which is, who is the mother? Because uh, if you've got two whose normal, natural uh, birth through their own process of what, what happened in their own families, if they are both two females... And, you know, we're now, we're now in a world where they're trying to think that you can engineer a change from male to female and female to male at virtually at the drop of a hat. Um, then really, you, you've made a problem the minute that you have two of one gender trying to adopt, haven't you? Because who is the male and who is the female? Mm. It just gets very complicated and... Um you know, I'm not really, it's not really, doesn't, it doesn't interest me because it doesn't involve my life and my children and my friends. But um, they, they go through a difficult uh, path, would I say, when they want to change to a female, to a male, I believe, and the same, the vice versa. But let them just get on with it and 
try and don't try to change the majority. Ninety nine percent of the of the world believe in a male and a female, but there is going to be some people that are different. But they've got to accept the fact that not everyone sees their point of view. And please, again, I do try to uh, make sure that everybody understands that we're trying to understand things. We're not trying uh, to really condemn people who are trying to do, in their own ways, they could be doing very, very wonderful work. And, you know, we do know, obviously, of people who, um, you know, got the circumstances which have changed everything but to then try and say though that now i can be a wife uh, to another think, woman it, think, it doesn't yeah, make exactly. any sense i think um for me if two men live together and are homosexual and two women live together and homosexual i've really got no problems with that if that's what they want to do but when they start start changing obviously vocabulary they start changing um when they start adopting or having um you know the the sperm put in artificially that's when it gets complicated because when you think about it millions and millions of people give birth every day in the natural way and it's it's very hard for a woman to understand uh, why lesbians want children i don't know whether that's um but a lot of my friends say well if they want to be men or one wants to be a man you know, why do they have to go to the next step and have children? Because it's going to be very, and I know for a fact, it's very difficult for a child going to school. We haven't even mentioned that. Uh, well, you know, is your daddy coming to watch you play football? Is your daddy co- coming to, uh, your mum and dad coming to the uh, games or, or a show, uh, you know, a play? And that child has got to say, well, I've got two daddies and two mummies. And you know how cruel children can be. We know for a fact, and everybody knows, there'll be bullies till the end of time. There'll always be bullies that will pick on that. And that child has got to uh, be strong or suffer all the consequences of being bullied because they've got two of the same sex parents. There was an actor age 79 in the press this week. I can't remember his name. Um, and he has been just announcing that he's got uh, the ninth child, I think he, he, he was going to have, uh, or at least his wife was going to have. Uh, now, basically, uh, the comments were, uh, this is unfair on the child. And I think the same sort of comment exactly. would apply to what you yeah. were just talking about. We'll, we'll move yeah. on because this is very difficult. Um, it's a never-ending subject. I'm not going to really. change my opinions just because some politician decides um, to try and uh, browbeat everybody into changing the way we've been brought up and educated. Yeah. Why the hell <laughs> would I change after going to college, going back to college and spending seven years trying to learn? Um, yeah, but th- th- I, I, I totally agree with what you say. Uh, because let them do what they want to do, but don't try and make uh, the majority of people feel that they're in the wrong. Well, tr- not, and they're not in the wrong. They just they're just doing something different. That's w- which is different. obviously part of people or groups of people who are trying to change our perception of life. Sorry, uh, you're not going to change me, and uh, most of the people I speak with feel the same. Hey. 
Okay, next talking point is about a TV series called Porridge. And one of the main characters was called Fletcher. And uh, he would say, would you Adam and Eve it? Uh, so uh, what would they Adam and Eve, which of course means believe, Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, prison guards are going to attend banter classes so they don't offend inmates. Fletcher, played by Ronnie Barker from 1974 to 1977, often sparred with the warders, but now training has been organised for officers at HM Her Majesty's Prison, Gartree in Leicestershire. There's 450 prisoners on life sentences that live there. A dedicated equality action team has also been deployed at the prison to ensure jailers don't slip up and use words or phrases that might be deemed unsuitable. It comes after the prison service ordered officers to stop calling criminals convicts in case it offended them. Well, as uh, Fletcher says, would you Adam and Eve it? Uh, A report from the Independent Monitoring Board's watchdog detailed in the new measures uh, at Gartree after 124 prisoners complained about how they were spoken to in the past year. It said it was vital to ensure Prisoners are heard and highlighted transgender inmates needing special treatment. Um, The report states staff events are taking place such as menopause awareness and challenging banter. A prison source who's worked in jails for 15 years said officers were being taught to be aware of such characteristics as sexual orientation, disability, age, weight, religion and nationality. He added, you can't make jokes about someone's age or weight and only reference uh, to disability or religion is a no-no. You can hardly even take the mick out of the football team someone supports. Would you, Adam and Eve, it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, if you're in prison, in general, you're not really a little angel, are you? You're either streetwise. You're either you've you've killed somebody, you've raped somebody, you've uh, you know stolen something. You've in, it's something you've done wrong. The only reason you're in prison is if you've done something wrong. So you're trying to tell me that these. Male and female um, adults in most curses, and in Boston there'll be young boys, are not are not going to take any banter. Uh, so therefore, they can say, like in school, like my husband said um, he was teaching, the children can swear and say anything they like to the teacher, but the teachers are not allowed to respond. Now. Is that going to be the same in prison? Are they going to be? Are the prisoners going to be goody goodies and not say anything? Hello, sir. Morning, sir. No, they're going to swear and f and blind and and do all the horrible things that uh, they've done outside prison. So if they can't take banter, well, I I, I I'll eat my hat. Well, I mean, the clue you know. the clue comes from the word convict, which they're trying to stop. The well, pres- how the, can the, that you, you can't have you? a convict unless somebody has been listen to the word convicted convicted it's a exactly, verb exactly. it means that that person has been to a court they've heard all the evidence and they now have a jail sentence and it's now, a conviction i don't know who's behind all these things that we're all suffering but if you're trying to 
completely confuse the majority of people, then this is yet another nail in the coffin of common sense. You know if somebody is a convict, A, they've been a bad lad or a bad girl or whatever, they've been to a court, they've been through the judicial system, and it means that at some time... Um, that is the title that is given to them. It, 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 how, I, how can that offend them? I, I can't really understand that that would... What would you call them? You've been a naughty boy. You've been a naughty girl. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. A conviction shortened to convict. You're a convert. Convict, yeah. You're a convict. And that is it. I, I mean, the whole point. I don't think they're really even bothered about that name. The whole point is, we're not talking about a place where we have a like a vicarage tea party. Exactly, they're already These done bad things. These people have already offended. Uh, if they're on life, then they will probably have committed Killed. a murder. So, yeah. if they're going to take any offence, I don't care about that. Because the person that they've killed doesn't get the chance to be offended. And their family have got a life sentence because they'll never ever. Um, see their family or the, you know, the person in the family ever again. This is one one thing I really get annoyed about because uh, when the convict uh, has been convicted of a murder or a rape or whatever, he's still alive or she's still alive, but the pe- the the family of that of the that person who's died, they've got that for the rest of their life. They'll never see their child again, their husband, their wife again. Whoever's behind this is pure evil um, because basically you're trying to take away the difference between which is right and which is not right, which is wrong uh, and which has been identified as wrong, which is evil and which has been identified as being evil. So are they going to make or, or, well, you have to make or make a rule that the prisoners don't abuse um, the prison officers? I mean, I'm sure the prisoners abuse and say horrible things to the prison officers as well. And there's female officers, and they take they take hitting. You know, um, well, they've been attacked, haven't they? They've been stabbed. And how they make these um, uh, these instruments in in uh, in the prison? But they do. They sort of uh, make. So they're not goody goodies. So. What the heck are you worried about? Well, they're not worried. Somebody is orchestrating this. And by uh, joining up the dots, which is looking at the different things that I'm finding in the paper and trying to make sense of them, you can clearly see that this is an attack now on language. What they're trying to do is confuse everybody by changing both what really is the, the fact, which now is in in doubt and then trying to change the language that we've used for many years to go through it um i'm I'm sorry but my immediate thoughts is that this is an influence probably coming from america but um as i'm reading in this particular paper uh, our next article takes the word favorite and uh, the way that is written is american english so possibly it's either a chatbot or uh, artificial intelligence or whatever it is whichever way we're going on and uh, we'll come to our next one okay this one is a little lighter thank goodness So, uh, I read your favourite pair of sunglasses are more than a fashion statement. They also protect your eyes from sunburn. 
Common sense written uh, pretty loudly there. And uh, there's a lady from New Jersey, and she was struck with photokeratitis. I've never heard of that. Uh, it's the clim- clinical name for sunburn on the cornea in both eyes during a family beach trip to Ocean City in July. Uh, she believes the burns are responsible for impairing her short-distance vision. The woman did not wear sunglasses on this trip, and when she got home, she felt a burning sensation in her eyes, um, as if sand had been blown into them. She's no longer in pain, and her vision has not been harmed drastically in the long term, although she finds she needs her glasses more than off uh, than ever before. Doctors strongly advise that people wear sunglasses outside and avoid looking directly into the sun, which emits harmful UVA and UVB radiation over time, uh, of course, which can lead to cataracts and eyelid cancers. So um, we didn't really get this sort of information when we were growing up in the early days, did we? Oh, definitely not. I mean... Uh it's funny because um, I've just had my brother and sister-in-law over from England and we were reminiscing about um, the sun, uh, how lovely it was here and raining in England all the time. Um, but not in the summer. We did have some nice summers. And my mum, uh, to stop, to, to she said, oh, to make you get nice and brown, I'm going to mix olive oil with vinegar. And we used to rub that all over our bodies. <laughs> no protection whatsoever. And uh, we'd get nice and brown. Um, but that's going back oof, uh, 50 years. Yeah, 50 years maybe. And I'm still here today and my brother is. But the protection when you go into a, a chemist or a pharma- ph- pharmacy, there's a, a great big whole tray, you know, a whole line of protections of different levels, 50, 30, 15. Um, so... I, we don't wear a lot of protection, do we? Uh, well, am I wrong when I say this? Because, you know, when I look at pictures of Africa, I don't see lots of people wearing sunglasses. That's true. Yeah, that's true, yeah. We, we, we as, a, as, as Vince and I, always wear sunglasses. Um, even the children wear sunglasses, and they're only little. Uh, Mummy and Daddy do, so I think that's possibly why they do wear it. But I feel much more, much, com- much more comfortable uh, with glasses on, even if it's only um, dim sun, uh, like the the uh, the glare when you're driving and things like that. I would find it very, very difficult not to wear sunglasses now. But again, um, just thinking uh, of uh, looking at. You know, articles are online and uh, and and uh, videos of various parts of the uh, other parts of the world. And when you go to the likes of uh, South America, you don't see many people wearing sunglasses there either. No. And, and funny enough, um, not long had a marathon, and there's obviously marathons all over the world, and you very rarely see somebody running with glasses on either. Because they can have them strapped, you know, like the, the, the strapping around the head. So there's, it's not going to fall off. But you very rarely see sunglasses uh, on marathon runners and things like that. It does make you wonder whether or not... Uh, I mean, look, I think I was always told as a child, don't look at the sun. 
Oh, well, that's common sense, isn't it? Really? Well, we say it's common sense, but I mean, you know what people are like. Um, you know, <laughs> they'll tell you to look at the sun. And, you know, oh, there's going to be an eclipse. You know, make sure you, um, okay, the, you they will sell those. Um, 3D type. 3D, yeah. But I mean, in a, genuine, in a general sense, I don't think we used to have this sort of attention to detail um, about wearing sunglasses. And you wonder how many of those things happen anyway. Yeah. Well, again, it's all about marketing, isn't it? I mean, as I said, we didn't have all these different uh, levels of sun cream. Even even in, when I was 30, 35, it was just sun, sun cream lotion. But now it's all different graded. Again, with glasses, some glasses can cost you a fortune, um, sunglasses. And they say there's so much protection more than a cheap pair. And there was... Um, a survey done um, on glasses, sunglasses, sorry, a few years ago on the television. And they had cheaper ones, they had the dear middle range, and they had dear ones. And you know what? The cheaper ones were just as good as the dear ones. And I thought to myself then, I'm never going to buy very expensive glasses because I do tend to sit on them and break them. You're listening to Europe Calling... Looking at items in the paper which uh, you want to question whether or not maybe it needs more information, more of people using the information, or maybe less. We'll find out with the next article. Stand by. Okay, I just uh, can ho- I can only describe this to you because I don't want to show you the video. Um, it was uh, when you're reading a newspaper these days. In the past, you could read a paper and you just get the story. Now you have an online uh, screen in front of you, and it's an intrusion that they show you a video, whether you like it or not. You've got videos that are running while you're trying to read an article. This particular horrifying uh, video showed a drunk driver four times over the limit and running over an elderly cyclist before continuing to drive his four by four over the pensioner as she lay in the road. Um, This is, I I don't want to give the fellas, yes I think we'll give his name, Stephen Selwood, 43 left the woman in her 70s with life-changing injuries after ploughing into her. She was cycling over a crossroad in Hazelmere, Surrey. Uh, This was all last May, when Selwood came out of a side road and smashed uh, into her in broad daylight. Uh, Not only did Selwood knock her off her bike, but continued to drive forward, crushing her under the wheels as she lay on the ground. Um, I'm not going to even talk about what the conviction went to or anything like that. What I want to say is I really cannot understand people who drive when they're drunk. We've had enough education now over many, many years. Um, I think now and again we all even take a, a slight risk for having maybe two glasses of wine when maybe we're having a meal. And I think that most people... Um, will have somebody within their family, company, friendship or whatever who probably um, would have been advised not to even have a second glass of wine. So I can't understand any drunk driver 
four times over the limit. Um, who who's hit a cyclist in the daytime and then run over that particular lady who was in her 70s and then left her with life-changing injuries. Now, if he goes to court and they find him guilty, and I don't see how on earth they couldn't find him guilty because I've seen the pictures, you've seen exactly what's happened, uh, he must have seen it, then he will be convicted. Let me just use that word again because it's come up in the podcast once already today. He will be convicted and become a convict. So, um, how can you do that to anybody? Well, yeah, how can you do that? I mean, obviously, he he was four times over the level uh, thing, uh, the drunk thing. Um, But to do it in broad daylight is is, um, incredible, really, because... um, he would have seen a bicycle. It's not just like a person. It's not something well, in I the, don't, no, in the I, night. No, I'm going to stop there because the, the the size of this car is the size of cars that you and I and other people have looked at and said, how on earth do you drive it? Yeah. And you see this small sort of person perched up high. And yes, I could imagine that maybe he didn't see her. Well, no, I, I. But but you do know you sense when you've run over something, don't well, you? Well, yes, you he must have seen her because otherwise he would never <clears throat> in in um, in not in a drunken state in a normal state you wouldn't see somebody crossing the road, would you, on a zebra crossing, for instance? And uh, no, I I think it was just the case that he was drunk, and uh, he just was maybe blurred blurred vision, <clears throat> and he'll he'll say that he didn't he didn't um, see her. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't have been driving, full stop. There's no excuse. He should not have been driving. So therefore, he has to take the consequence of what he's done. So I I think it's a a cut and dry decision. You're guilty. You have to go to prison. You're banned from driving for at least, I would say, if if she dies, at least a lifetime or 10 years. You see, we, we've had so many people now who, who have made excuses for people drinking and driving. I know I now am very, very careful about having any alcohol in my system when I'm driving. I think the slightest, um, shall we say, uh, margin for changing anything like that is if you are eating. I think if you're eating, they do recommend that you can have a glass of wine, provided that you're not just going in for a sandwich, having a quick glass of wine and going straight back out to your car. You you know, if you're sitting down for a two or three hour meal. Exactly, that's what happens here in Spain. You're not, um, in Spain in general, people don't uh, drink pint after pint. This is one thing that we have noticed. They they know how to moderate. They know how to take their time having their glass of wine um, because the meals are so much longer. It's a social event. I mean, I'm not saying all meals are a social event because some people have a meal in the middle of the day. Um, but nine times out of ten, when we see people having a meal in a, in a cafeteria or something like that, they have either coffee or uh, water here. Um, so it's not you, you shouldn't really drink in the middle of the day unless you're going to a party that's in the daytime and things like that. But in general... Um, Spain does seem to be able to control the drink much, well, we much had, more. We had a case which um, occurred uh, down near where we used to live 
and uh, basically there was a British couple came out after a drinking session, long drinking session, got into the car, drove up a long hill. There was a motorcyclist that had been coming off the side road. He'd been knocked off his bike by another motorist into the path of these two people who'd been drinking. They then drove with him underneath his uh, their car. Tra- trapped, yeah. To the top of the hill, out to the right, and into their urbanisation where they lived. And then they cleaned up the car, trying to make it look like nothing had ever happened. Uh, both of them in jail at the moment, and quite rightly quite so, deserving. because quite frankly... Um, it's a it's the price you pay. You know when you're drinking and driving. It's not as though it just happens and uh, you completely were taken by surprise. It's a conscious decision. Mm. You don't drink and drive. It's an accident if you're both, um, you know, nothing to drink. It's, I would say, yes, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible accident. But when you know that you shouldn't be driving, it's not, a, it's not an accident. It's still... Um, um, not premeditated. It's um, clusters. Uh, well, it is premeditated because because you're no, thinking no, of premeditated to knock somebody over. Well, of course, nobody nobody sets out in life to no no nice person uh, won't try and kill anybody by knocking them off their uh, machine or killing them by driving the car at them. But now in society, we have got people who are using the car as a weapon. I'm going to go on because that is a sad one and uh, obviously... Don't um, drink and drive. Well, I feel so sorry for that lady as well. Terrible. Okay, here's the next one. These are all items in the paper. We uh, read the papers, we make our minds up from what we read. So we want it to be factual, we want it to be interesting, but we also need the information as Spain's Supremes Court, for example, has upheld a 135-year-old prison sentence handed to a British teacher and nanny who created and distributed pornography featuring children in his care after changing his name following previous convictions. So uh, the name given on this particular uh, citation, Ben David Rose, legally changed his identity after his conviction on child pornography charges in Britain, meaning that he didn't appear as a registered sex offender during background checks in Spain. Rose, previously known as Ben David Lewis, received a two-year suspended sentence. This was all happening in June of 2016 for the child offences, pornography offences, in the English city of St Albans. In August of that same year, with a new name and a passport, he was working as a nanny in the Spanish city of Zaragoza. Before moving to Madrid to nanny, uh, incidentally, uh, we don't use that word nanny, so that again is somebody chatbot call it what it will we don't use it in this sense um, although I understand why they're using it it's not something that we would normally talk about a male working as a nanny mm. so um, we'll just uh, go on to say that uh, the he worked 
uh, for two more young children and work as an English teacher at a private school. When the police later searched his phone, they found dozens of photos and videos of him with girls as young as six. Six inside the classroom. Rose was also convicted of um, f- uh, distributing. Uh, where are we? Um, blah, 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 I won't read that. Um, uh, so, um, child conviction for a crime against moral integrity. The total length of sentence totaled 135 years. The verdict in his appeal comes at a time of heightened security and scrutiny for private schools in Spain, as police investigate how a a lunch monitor at a French school in Barcelona was able to initiate sexual contact with children as young as five. UK campaigners, including uh, the Safeguarding Alliance charity, are lobbying the UK government to amend the law on name changes. I think that's the first thing we look at, um, because basically... Uh, existing laws are enabling offenders to work around the system free to obscure their uh, identity without being monitored monitored um this is what the charity is saying the three judges who were originally convicted isn't it strange that this the same word that's being uh, trying to change in another article is used in the same paper uh, convicted and imprisoned the offender and found him guilty of eight counts of making child pornography a crime of inflicting degrading treatment on another person, 32 privacy offences, and account of one account of forgery. As well as being handed a lengthy prison sentence, he was also ordered to pay his victims compensation, ranging from 2,500 to just over 5,000 each. Well, I mean, there aren't that many people with that sort of money. So, you know, it's all very well, fine and dandy to read that, but I'll be very surprised if that... that You'll pay maybe uh, £5 a week for many, many years, something like that. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, the British paedophile changed his name by deed poll the day after his conviction. So he knew what he was doing. Well, that, that's just before we sort of pass on, uh, that should be against the law. I mean... You know, it's common sense, for goodness sake. I mean, he's obviously have to fill in forms to say why you're changing it and, and all that carry on. And have and, and, and a lot of um, forms say, have you been convicted? You know, if you want to go abroad, um, you have to say if you've had a, a crime against you and things like that. So I'm sure, well, I'm practically sure that if you're going to change your name, you'd have to fill in some sort of form of... Um, of of your past history and why you want to change your name, so unless um, it comes up to, to say you've been um, a paedophile, uh, that should change. You shouldn't be allowed to change your name because how can you keep track on people? Well, if you're going to change your name, th- there's you, you, obviously a reason. The, you know, uh, th- there has got to be a reason for a name change, and unfortunately, um, you know, especially if you're going. Th- through anything to do with schools, the authorities well, are supposed to be... Ch- yeah, I, I had I mean, to yeah, have exactly. my name both, checked. Both of us, um, Vince obviously with being a teach, full-time teacher and myself um, having students in the house to learn English, I had to fill a form in uh, for the police um, to say that I hadn't had any criminal convictions um, against children and all that. I had to be uh, monitored, you know, not monitored, checked. And Vince had the same. Why on earth 
can't people see that if um, somebody wants to change their name, they want to know why do you want to change your name? And the only reason, um, even if he lied, they could check it up on f on um, on um, files of uh, prosecutions, couldn't they? To see if you've been to prison or you've had an offence against you. Because I've never been to prison, I've never had an offence, but they still had to check me to make sure my name didn't come up and Vince's name didn't come up. So there's no excuse, really. Well, the uh, judges in Spain called the British perverts' crime serious in their length. I mean, serious. They're, they're more than serious. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, by, by all means, serious is a starting point, but these are worse than serious. Uh, he, was, he was convicted of it. That's it. He wouldn't have to pay compensation if it wasn't serious. I mean, if, if, if you're targeting children under five, you're trying to make sure that they won't be telling the parents. You're trying to get away with something. Frightening that, them, really. Yeah. Saying, if you tell anyone, I'll, you know, well, we I'll don't hurt know your mum and dad. That, that's conjecture. We don't know that. Um, but the judges called the um, ruling, uh, it, they said, it's going to be very difficult for the children's parents to return to the situation they were in before the offender committed them, even though they received economic compensation. Detectives said specialists policed in the Australian city of Queensland had tipped them off about a sexual predator they believe was in Spain who they identified before following a complex probe slowed down by the suspect's encryption techniques. Now, that doesn't come in till the very end, but if he's using encryption techniques, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's trying to cover up, isn't he? And he's going to do it because he knows... He's going to do it again. I think um, sometimes when I read uh, something like 135 years, uh, it doesn't make sense no. because nobody's going to be around for 135 years. I think, you know, if they, if they do what they do in Britain and say 135 years, immediately for good behaviour, you're talking about half. So that's 65 roughly. So, I mean, really, if he's, what, 30 95. I mean, you, your own common sense tells you that sometimes you, you, you want a stiffer, more more definite sentence so that your kids are going to be safe from the likes and of he'll this. he'll never come out. Basically, they're saying, in other words, aren't they, that he'll never see the light of day, as they say, again. And, and, and so be it. The, the sad thing is, you know, there will always be people trying to say that it's not his fault. It's an illness or something like that. Uh, but it's all very well saying that while when, you're hurting you other people. But when you repeat um, the first time or, or whenever he's been caught, because obviously they, there'll be other ones, but then when he does his term and then he repeats again. So, you know, it's he hasn't learnt any lessons and he never will learn any lessons. Okay, uh, so the next of our articles, probably, 
You will have seen this one in the papers because uh, I think this has been in quite a few of the papers I've seen. And until today, uh, it was written, the identity of the coffee shop worker. Uh, Now, this was somebody, okay, he was working in the coffee shop, uh, berating a woman and throwing her out of a branch of uh, the, the, well, they're not actually identifying the the store, so I won't actually give it the name. Um, But he he was chucking, or sorry, this person was throwing out uh, the, customer who was a lady by the way i'm not going to beat around the bush because we know she was a lady there's no nothing idiotic written about that she is a woman uh it's um gone viral and all this ridiculous stuff that people mean that you know they're all on tiktok and uh, on, on instagram showing bits of video um but uh the paper can reveal that the person who was filmed really having a go at this lady in the coffee shop. Uh, Her name is Luna Spain, 28-year-old, and the dramatic footage led to widespread speculation over the identity of the person caught on camera screaming at a 55-year-old Vanessa Thomas after she inadvertently referred to one of her colleagues as a lady. Now, you see... This is why it's all becoming confusing. If you've got somebody, and we don't know if it's a male or female, and we've seen this a couple of times now, um, but, you see, go back to our childhood, and when somebody was walking down the road, we would know when it was a weird person. Now, you're trying to make out that uh, these weird people are the norm. They're they're still not the norm, which is why you've got that one person uh, highlighted going viral, if you like, Um, and everybody is uh, obviously now seeing... uh, What do you honestly think of this? Well, what 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 was the woman? Was she a lady? Did she look like a woman? Did she have woman women's clothes on? I mean, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we've heard this over and over again from people in England saying you're frightened to say anything, literally anything against. You just don't know what to say. So lots and lots of people just don't say anything in case they're accused. Obviously, like this woman's been accused of saying lady. When she obviously looked like a lady. I mean, you're not going to say lady if she looked like a man. So I just think the whole thing is just out of control and uh, makes me angry, you know, to think that this person has taken offence when she obviously must have looked like a woman. Well, from what I could see, it looked like uh, male features. And, you know, you've got to be so careful about even just trying to describe what you saw. You have a tongue boy can't you can have a tom girl she's not a girl she's not a lesbian but she might be look very very boyish the thing is in the past nobody would want to know we don't we're not really interested all we know is they're not uh easy to identify as a male or a female was she was she saying or he or what or ever was he saying he was a man I Not a lady. Well, the article didn't really help us because it didn't really say. It was obviously a transgender. Uh, what type of clothes but, was he wearing? Which, which where are we coming from? So, you, you know, um, sorry. It, it, it's very stupid and confusing. Well, it's deliberately, so it's wicked. Let okay. me finish off with our last one then. Here's our last one for today. What should we do? 
Here we go, last one. Now, a former pub landlord has been left insulted after he was turned away from his dental surgery last week. So why was he insulted? Well, it's because he's 22 stone and it meant he was too fat for the chair. So, uh, David Bottomley from Penderin, South Wales, said he was gobsmacked when he heard that he um, was told when he turned up for his appointment at the dental lounge uh, in Gleneath uh, that he's too fat for the chair. He had been a regular patient there for a decade, but claims the surgery then told him he wouldn't be able to come back because of the way he spoke to staff in retaliation. The dentist chairs can generally only hold up to 20 stone, meaning it's not uncommon for overweight patients to be refused treatment and referred to another clinic which has the appropriate equipment. Mr Bottomley is a 65-year-old, said he felt angry and upset after waiting for months of treatment for treatment on two crowns but claimed he was not abusive towards surgery staff. Right, um... We can't say for sure that he was abusive to surgery staff, but um, when you've got a huge guy, and 22 stone is a huge guy, and obviously you know that you've got a piece of dental surgery equipment which has to be carefully, um, shall we say, used. Um, If I was the dentist and um, it was my equipment and I knew that somebody was going to sit down and wreck it, I would probably say something like, um, excuse me, Mr. Bottomley, I'm really sorry to have to tell you this, but it only it only just takes 20 stone. So um, maybe if you can possibly think about, you know, coming back when you're a little bit lighter or I can give you this address. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not talking uh, £100 for a chair. We're talking thousands of pounds for these uh, clinical chairs that they use. And and I think the dentist was quite within his rights. And I would imagine that's exactly the way he would have said it. He wouldn't have said it in a uh, abusive way. He would have said it in a very um, careful uh, statement that he couldn't... Um, he couldn't um, ch- chance him sitting in the chair and breaking it. I mean, it's not the dentist's fault that he's put on weight because he said he's been there, going there for a decade. So a decade ago or even less, he would have mostly been well under 20,000. Well, uh, if 20 he's had 10 stone. years of trying to form a relationship with the dentist, yeah. um, I don't see it ending just on uh, a very, very slight comment. No, he would, he would have shouted most probably. You know, you don't want to admit that, and he would have said something horrible. Um, but I totally agree with the dentist. I mean, and, and if he said, "I can give you an alternative," um, well, what what do you need to complain about? I don't really really see that. It's it's his fault that he's overweight, or his not his fault, or either, his um, it's circumstance. His, it's his condition, isn't it's it? It's his condition. He's overweight, and it's also. Not fair to expect um, a dentist uh, to let him sit in something that might cost thousands of pounds, literally, uh, to um, replace just because he wants to sit in the chair. So uh, I would uh, also got... think that the bloke himself should be aware of all this. He shouldn't need somebody to tell him. 
And the trouble is, you well, know... it's the same in aeroplanes, isn't it? I mean, I think now they're charging you for two seats if you're... Uh, I don't know what the weight is, but it, it's quite normal because, I mean, we go on aeroplanes quite frequently and when you're in three in a line... It's quite um, pushed, isn't it, really, even for us? I mean, we're not fat or anything like that, but, I mean, it, it's quite neat. So if you've got somebody sitting next to you that's uh, well over, well overweight, they're going to be charged for two seats. As simple as that. Okay, so that's just about it. Take care of our chat for what's been happening in the papers. Hope you find it interesting. Hope you understand where we're coming from because we don't want to cause any um, upset to anybody. But we're trying to explain how we feel um, as we try to be reasonable in our lives. Have a good week. Yeah, have a good week, everyone. Lovely sunny day here in Spain. So I hope you're all having a great day. Okay, bye, bye.